Presents football time. Hey, hey, and welcome to the podcast. We're going to do our week one NFL review. Let's start out with the rapid recap. It's the rapid recap of the week. The Chiefs are still good. Bucks, not as much. 49ers Super Bowl curse is on. Steelers D is ferocious. Browns are still the Browns. Lions' ability to lose games greater than Bad Bears' QB play. Raiders in Carolina might not be good, but they will be entertaining to watch. The Patriots and Bills are in for one entertaining division battle. Seahawks' offense looks legit. Atlanta better fantasy team than football team. Rodgers' revenge tour is on. Fear the D-line of the Washington football team. That's the rapid recap. I got Alex here. Hey, how's it going? To help me break down the week. Let's start out with our biggest stories of the week. Now this made headlines. Let's open up with the Kansas City Chiefs who played on Thursday. Pretty dominant performance, don't you think? Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm not. I can't really say that we didn't see it coming. Uh, I think pretty much the co- consensus was that Chiefs were going to win this game. Uh, everybody was just kind of curious to see as the effect that not having um, certain players on offense was going to do for the Texans. Uh, we saw what DeAndre Hopkins did in Arizona. Um, I'd. I'd be curious to see what would have happened if he would have still been on this Texans offense. Yeah, I, at least they would have been able to throw down the field a little bit. I mean, Fuller was good, but with Hopkins on the other end, they at least have solid production at the wide receiver core. Now they have a lot of sort of number two receivers out there. Johnson played pretty well, but, I mean, you aren't going to beat the Chiefs running the ball. They can just score too quick and too easy. Yeah, I don't think anybody expected uh, Houston to win this game, but um, it was it was kind of nice to see that the Chiefs are basically exactly where they left off last season. Uh, they're still a powerhouse, and they're still the team to beat. Yeah, I see no reason why they aren't easily the favorites in the AFC. All right, so let's move on to the big game of the week, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the Saints looked good in the first half for sure, and then they got that pick six to start the second half, and the game was pretty much over. But the Saints' offense did seem to die down a little bit after that, especially after Michael Thomas got hurt, and now he's going to be out a couple of weeks with a sprained ankle. Yeah, uh, I saw that, uh, which is actually pretty bad news for New Orleans. It seems like uh, they go as Michael Thomas goes, so... Um, it's going to be interesting to see how much of an effect that actually has. Uh, we do know that the New Orleans Saints office is pretty stacked with uh, playmakers, uh, but without their key guy, it, it'll be interesting to see what they can do. Yeah, the, it was nice that they brought in Emmanuel Sanders. That should help offset them, and I guess they probably will even go more to a run game with Kamara and Murray and Taysom Hill in there. Yeah, it was uh, it was. A fun game to watch, uh, just to see Tom Brady in a different uniform. Uh, I got to admit, it threw me for a loop for a little bit, but uh, it looks like uh, you know he's he's still Tom Brady. He can still do some of the things that he normally does pretty well. Um, 
obviously it's going to take some time to mesh with the new guys. This, this year has been um, a little different because of the whole COVID situation. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I think they're only going to get better uh, as the season progresses. As far as New Orleans goes, it really depends on how long Michael Thomas is going to be out. Yeah, I thought Tampa Bay didn't look awful. I mean, Brady looked like he's pretty much looked the last year plus or so. I mean, the arm strength isn't going to be there, and the decision-making seems to be a little slower than it used to be, which leads to those interceptions and things. Of I never thought they were going to be a dominant playoff team anyway. So I look for them to finish probably somewhere in the wild card, especially with the expanded playoffs. The one who did look bad was Gronk, though. Uh, I don't have much hope for him having a successful run this year. What about you? Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I think uh, Tom Brady uh, definitely had a few hiccups here and there, but he still showed uh, showed some of that poise that we're used to seeing from him. Uh, Answering back after throwing an interception, uh, come back and getting some points. But you're right, Gronk. Gronk definitely starting to show his age and, uh, you know, the wear and tear on his body. Uh, I don't know if it's a one-week thing or if this is just what we're to expect. All right, before moving on, we can't have talk about the Bucks without talking about New England a little. What did you make of their game? I thought they played pretty well. I mean, it was the Dolphins they were playing up against, but they did what I thought they'd do. Pound away Cam, pound away the run, and just sort of grind the Dolphins into dust. I was really impressed with New England. Um, I didn't know what to make of their whole situation. Uh, Cam Newton, for me, has been one of those quarterbacks that I love him and then I hate him and then I love him and then I hate him. Um, I, I'm actually really, really surprised they did better than I thought they would. Uh, it was against the Dolphins, but we were saying uh, during the last show that uh, we wouldn't be surprised if the Dolphins handed them a loss. Um, but they hung in there and they – actually, I've got, a, I've got Belichick on one of my lists, uh, which we'll probably talk about in a little bit. Yeah, I, uh, but, I figured he'd probably be in there. Uh, yeah. I look for the Bills and the Patriots to probably battle it out, definitely for that division. I liked what the Bills looked like the other day, too. Now, granted, the Jets look extremely terrible. You probably didn't watch that game, but I watched a condensed version of the game, and the Jets were just awful. <laughs> All right, and we'll move to the other dominant team in the AFC. The Baltimore Ravens played the Cleveland Browns. Baltimore dominated the game from the start. Cleveland was terrible opening the game with a pick. So, same Cleveland. It wasn't exactly the same Baltimore. They didn't seem to run Lamar Jackson quite as much as they did, especially once they got control of the game, which was nice to see. And he seemed to look like he had improved his passing just a little bit. Yeah, he's definitely showed some improvement, uh, which is... A lot to say, uh, especially after the year he had last year. Although last year it seems like he was a bigger threat on the ground than he will be this year. Uh, looks like Baltimore's trying to play it a little bit safer, uh, trying to keep their star quarterback as healthy as they can for the long run. Uh, definitely looks like a team that's poised to make a play in the playoffs. Uh, we'll have to wait and see how that turns out, though. Anything on the Browns other than they're just the Browns? The Brown. Let's let's just put it this way: I've got at least one Brown player, if not a couple, on a couple of my lists. Um, definitely a big disappointment. Um, 
I, I saw it coming. I've not, I like a lot of the players on the Browns. Uh, I think they have a lot of talent. I just think that a lot of the other guys that are supposed to help uh, are a tad bit overrated. Yeah, I might have a Brown on my worst player list. So, uh, anything else in the AFC that caught your eye? Um, I mean, it's pretty much everything we kind of expected. Uh, you know, other than that uh, Jaguars Colts uh, meeting. Yeah, that, pretty much for the AFC. That's that's pretty much it. I just a little surprised with that. Uh, Colts performance. Somehow, Philip Rivers managed to transition his San Diego Chargers mojo from the Chargers to the Colts because I watched that game. The Colts went up and down the field the whole game and somehow managed to do stupid things in the red zone the whole game and then give up key plays late and let the Jags steal it. So I don't know what to make the Colts now other than Philip Rivers somehow manages to make the Colts now the chargers of the south <laughs> yeah definitely you, you're gonna you're gonna be surprised though uh he's the kind of quarterback that uh will put up some crazy crazy numbers and unless you actually look at the win-loss record you think that they're gonna make it into the super bowl all right uh we'll move to the northwest though they were playing in the south of the seattle seahawks uh, that offense looked ridiculously good. I'm not sure. Russell Wilson threw a bad pass the whole game. One of them I know for sure was a drop of the four he threw incomplete. So, uh, And Atlanta looks like what Atlanta has looked like, I don't know, forever. A good fantasy football team, a bad regular football team. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Atlanta has some uh, some huge players. Uh, I love Julio Jones. I've always loved him. I wanted the Rams to draft him back when he came out of college. Um, and it's kind of sad to see such a great player on a pretty med- mediocre team. I mean, uh, they had a run at some point, and it never came to fruition. And now uh, they are what they are, like you said. Uh, they're a good fantasy team and that's pretty much what they are uh as far as the seahawks are concerned um yeah seahawks are tough man they're they're really tough russell wilson that guy's a magician in the backfield he he can make magic happen back there um and he's got a solid team with a really good defense uh they could really make a lot of noise in the nfc not just the nfc west so speaking of the expanded playoffs do you think all four teams could make the playoffs in the NFC West? I mean, I don't know. It, it's you know, it's week one. It, we we all like to get uh, really excited after the first week, um, and I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just because we went such a long time without football, we get really excited about it. Um, but I don't know. Uh, they they all look good. Arizona looks good, um, at least. For week one, San Francisco, if they can do what they did last year, they're they're solid. Um, the Rams looked a little bit better so far to start the season, uh, and Seattle is Seattle. Um, so, I guess there could be a small chance, but yeah, I would. 
I wouldn't put all my money on that. No, I assume injuries and stuff. I mean, the Niners even had some. Debo Samuel didn't play. Then Kittle got hurt in that game. Which yeah, is, and Richard Sherman's hurt now. Yeah, Richard Sherman just went on the IR. So the Cardinals looked good, but we'll see how they hold up throughout the season. I thought the Rams played pretty well. I still, the quarterback question is probably the biggest question. I thought their defense played pretty well, though. Well, I, I mean, see, and to me, the question, we've got some great players on defense, but to me, the question isn't always the offense. Uh, the defense tends to be suspect when it comes to the run. They they're they've been known to give up a lot of rushing yards, even to uh, mediocre backs. Uh, so whenever they do face a good back, you know you can almost count on them having a pretty good day. Uh, I thought Jared Goff though um, made some solid throws. Uh, he made a few mistakes here and there, but you know it's week one uh, in 2020, so you don't expect every single team to come in fully prepared, which is one of the reasons why I take these week one scores uh, very lightly. I don't take them, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's tough to, to really take it and just assume that this is what they are. Um, I think it'll take a few weeks for these teams to really show their true colors. Yeah, I agree. It's just fun to overreact in week one. (laughs) That's what it's about, isn't it? (laughs) All right. uh, Any other stories or headlines you want to talk about? Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, how about uh, how about the Washington football team? Yeah, uh, I was going to put their whole defensive line in my <laughs> best defensive players of the week, and I couldn't find a way to narrow down one. So I'll just tell them right now that line was getting after Wentz that whole second half, causing problems. Yeah, what did they have? Was it seven sacks or something like that? Yeah, and they were in the backfield. Like I mean, in a heartbeat. Now the Eagles line is, you know, decimated too, but I thought it was pretty impressive. Now, the offense, on the other hand, I, if somebody's able to block the Redskins, I'm not sure how many points they're going to be able to manufacture. Yeah, they in, in a weird way, they kind of remind me of the Bears. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a, a pretty good defense that has some guys that can get after the quarterback and create havoc. Uh, and then you just kind of hope that the offense does enough to win them the game. Well, I think we said it on our Sunday betting pod. That was just a Ron Rivera team. Well-coached, well-drilled defense carried them to a victory, and they didn't make any stupid mistakes on offense. Yeah, they got the job done. They did what they were supposed to do. All right, so now let's move to our – Players of the week. You had one hell of a game. All right, so my offensive players of the week. I easily got down Russell Wilson, and then with honorable mention, I got Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, well, I I kind of uh, went the route of uh, just because there were so many good performances. I went with uh, AFC and and NFC um, for AFC. There was a lot of guys that performed well, uh, but, you know, Thursday night, uh, kicking off the season, I had to go with Patrick Mahomes. Um, the guy looks just as good as he did last year. So he's definitely my pick. There was, like I said, there were a lot of good performances in the AFC, but to start the season off, Patrick Mahomes, I think, did a really good job. Yeah, he was great and steady, and I just take him for granted now. I 
he's in his own category. I don't even make him eligible for this award. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the NFC, uh, it was a, really a toss up. I was I was trying to decide. Uh, Aaron Rodgers definitely put up some huge numbers. Yeah, Aaron uh, Rodgers has got to get some love too. He was throwing darts in that second half. And I'm not usually an Aaron Rodgers fan, which is you know saying a lot. Um, then I also had a couple of receivers on there that I was considering, uh, DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Devontae Adams. Uh, both put up 14 catches, um, which is huge. They helped their teams out a lot. Uh, but the guy that I went with was uh, Russell Wilson, who had a ridiculous completion percentage. Uh, that offense looks scary good. We probably should send each other the list so we don't have the same guys on it next week. <laughs> no, but that bodes with that. That just that just goes to show that that's how good they performed. Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't think you could really pick anybody but Russell Wilson. With I think he was thirty-one of thirty-four, thirty-one of thirty-five. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he was almost at ninety percent completion percentage. I mean, that's insane. And I, like I said, a couple of those were drops. So really, he didn't incomplete a pass the whole game. Yeah, really efficient. All right, so on to our defensive players. I had two on my list. I had Bo, Bud Dupree, the Pittsburgh Steelers linebacker, in defensive end. He was causing havoc all night on Daniel Jones just in the backfield. I That Pittsburgh defense was its ruthless. I mean, they just blitz you and blitz you and blitz you and blitz you, and you don't even have a chance to breathe. And then my other one was... Uh, Jamal Adams for the Seattle Seahawks, formerly of the New York Jets. I just thought he played a real solid game and showed why he's probably the best safety in the league. Oh, he definitely did. And you think the Jets are missing him right now? The Jets are missing any warm bites. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, you know, I couldn't narrow it down to to an actual player. Uh, I had to go with the entire Steelers defense. Oh, God. Um, they were just all over the place, like you said. Uh, I believe they had 20 quarterback pressures, um, which was like five above the next best teams, which were the Rams and the Redskins. Uh, sorry, the Washington football team. Yes. You're going to have to bleep that one out. Um, you said it quick. Maybe no one will hear it. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I had I just couldn't do couldn't pick an individual player. There was a lot of guys that stood out. Uh, Kerrigan over in now Washington. Um, you know, even though the play was a little suspect, the offensive, you know, Jalen Ramsey had a decent game. Yeah. I felt like he underperformed. But, uh, yeah, I just think as, as defensively, the Steelers as a whole, I think they played a really good game. Oh, yeah. I, if Ben can stay healthy, I think the Steelers might cause some problems for some people. Definitely that defense is going to make quarterbacks have problems. Mm-hmm. Now let's move to our worst players of the week. Terrible. Just terrible. <laughs> you like that lead-in? <laughs> That's a good one. All right, so on my worst players, uh, I think we talked about it. I could pretty much cover the whole Cleveland Browns offense, though I never blame Nick Chubb. But Odell Beckham Jr., honestly, I think he's just a celebrity now. He's no longer a good wide receiver. He's a popular wide receiver who doesn't produce much. And two for 22, that's just unacceptable, especially when you're down 
30 the whole game and you're throwing every time. Yeah. Um, Odell was definitely on my list. Uh, he was targeted 10 times. And like I said, he only produced 22 yards out of 10 targets. Um, it's unacceptable for a player of his caliber. And I would have picked him as my worst player. Um, unfortunately, he can't always get the ball to himself. That's why I went with Baker Mayfield. The guy had a 53.8% completion percentage. And some of those throws um, were just horrible. He had guys that were open and not just Odell Beckham, but their tight ends. And there were so many different plays where he, he could have easily checked down to some, and he was just throwing the ball out of bounds. Um, I feel like at this point, he's hurting the team more than he's helping them. Uh, probably needs to take a step back and simplify the game a little bit more because it seems like he's having trouble with his reads. Oh, he was just as bad as Odell. Uh, he at least, I don't know. I can't say anything good about either of them or that whole team for that matter. But uh, yeah, They're a little underwhelming, and they, they probably have to go back to the drawing board and fix a few things. Uh, but, I mean, 189 yards, you know, just, just above 50% completion percentage, probably not going to get it done. Well, we'll see on Thursday night with the classic Cincinnati Bengals-Cleveland Browns matchup. But, but I'll tell you what scares me about that. I, I thought I read that um, Landry is going to be out for that game. Uh, yeah, he was on the doubtful list, so uh, surely Odell will be able to get some <laughs> receptions. So hopefully he goes from 10 targets to 20 targets and he'll end up with 44 yards. <laughs> All right. Uh, any others on your worst players on offense list? Uh, probably not as deserving of this title as some of the other guys, but I had Ryan Fitzpatrick on there. Yeah. Uh, he had a decent uh, decent outage. He, he had 191 yards, but he threw three interceptions, which really cost them. Yeah, two of them were really bad. One of them was down in the red zone where we could have gotten our cover. Yeah, and you know that when it comes to throwing interceptions, the end zone's the last place you want to do it. Uh, you gotta, you got to come away with points if you get that close. Uh, watching that game, it made me think that two was probably going to be there quicker. I thought maybe around week 10, but now I'm beginning to think around week five. Now, Craig, if I'm wrong, you, you are a fan, aren't you? I am a fan of Tua. <laughs> so you're probably excited about Ryan Fitzpatrick's performance. Uh, no, because I'd like that line to be better before they put to it. <laughs> uh, all right, on the defensive end, worst defensive player, I have Jamie Collins. He actually was playing well until he decided to headbutt the referee and got thrown out of the game, which I can't complain too much about since I had the uh, Chicago Bears bet and somehow miraculously won that bet when they were playing god-awful for three-fourths of the game. Yeah. Um, as far as defenses go, uh, I, I really couldn't, like I said, there were there were so many good performances from offenses and some, you know, really good performances from defenses, but I really couldn't uh, single out any particular player on, on defense that really, really disappointed me. Um, I, I guess if I had to pick one, I would probably have to be a homer and say uh, probably Ramsey uh, disappointed a little bit. Um, if it wasn't for him being a vet and selling that offensive pass interference, which I personally wouldn't have called. Um, 
Well, they were calling that all week. They called it three or four times on some really questionable shoves. So I yeah, guess they and, might and be enforcing it this year or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the case is. I don't know if uh, they want to enforce it more simply because of the uh, the ability to challenge and stuff like that. But um, I feel like he underperformed a little bit uh, as an individual on defense. But overall, I think most defenses did did a pretty solid job for week one with very little preparation. All right, so we did our players. Now let's go to our coaches. The best coach of the week for me was Doug Marone. Uh the Jacksonville Jaguars do not have a very good team. The receivers are okay, but uh, they played hard. They played hard and didn't quit. I mean, they could have folded really early. The Colts were about to score 14. They got that turnover, and I don't love Doug Marone, uh, but the way he had those guys playing with a squad that's barely an NFL-level roster was pretty impressive to me. Yeah, he definitely uh, did a really good job with his squad, getting him prepared, getting mentally ready uh, for the showdown. And they, they they stepped up and they showed that, you know, uh, they they were going to take his game plan and run it accordingly. Uh, I have um, a list for the AFC and one for the NFC, um, just like I did with best offense. Um, for the AFC, I have Mike Tomlin. Um Feel like he deserves a little bit of props uh, going through what they did last year. Uh, now they got their quarterback, and they seem to be getting back on defense uh, to the original steel curtain defense that we're used to seeing. Not necessarily the the uh, classic steel curtain, but you know, a more modern version of it. Uh, their defense was solid. They got a lot of pressure on the opposing offense, um, but I went with Bill Belichick. Uh, that win in week one really impressed me. Uh, I feel like offensively they didn't do that great. Um, they could have done better. It was against the Dolphins, but um, he he makes it happen. You know, one way or another, we've seen it happen even with backup quarterbacks. He, he manages to somehow game plan his way into a win. Um, I do want to see what happens this upcoming week. But for week one for the AFC, I went with uh, Bill Belichick, his first win without Brady uh, on in a, in a Patriot uniform. And they also lost a lot of players, too. That, yeah. So that, uh, if you're picking between Buffalo and New England, who are you taking to win that division right now? I, I still have to go with Buffalo. Uh, I still think they're a better team overall. Um, but I, I do like what New England has put up so far. Um, for the NFC, uh, it was a toss-up between uh, Ron Rivera and uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Um, I, I just felt like Ron Rivera it was more deserving of it because no one really expected him to pull off that win against Philadelphia. Um, so I went with Ron Rivera. Yeah, I like that pick. Uh, the I liked what the Cardinals brought, and their defense was – much better than I thought. Uh, I think you probably could have put Buda Baker as a defensive player of the week, definitely for sure, this week. But uh, what Ron Rivera did was pretty much what Ron Rivera has done with Carolina. It's never all that pretty, but they're organized and they get wins. So I like the Ron Rivera choice. All right, so we've done our best coach. Now let's go to our worst coach. 
my worst <laughs> coach of the week, and it's more of a, I don't know, career-long award, and it's Dan Quinn of the Falcons. <laughs> the man is supposed to be a defensive expert, and honestly, the Atlanta Falcons' defense has been borderline awful to terrible ever since he got there. There has been no improvement, and honestly, I'm just tired of it. It's every year we hear, oh, the Falcons are going to be good. They're going to return to the Super Bowl. And every year, I mean, they let Russell Wilson shred them for 300 yards. They can't stop anybody. And then they're just left having Matt Ryan chuck the ball down the field the whole last half of the game. I'm just sort of sick of Dan Quinn, and I'm ready for him to be fired. I will have to give a Honorable mention to Vic Vangio. Um, <laughs> the end of the game. Oh, gosh. While the kicker had missed numerous kicks, why you aren't calling your timeouts? And they, I'm not sure if you heard his explanation for it. Uh, he gave his, his little speech about how he was going to call timeout, but then they ran out of bounds. And then he was going to call timeout, but it was an incompletion. Uh, and, it, you know, no one really plans for all these things. I'm not a head coach, so I don't really know uh, how much these guys take certain things into consideration. Uh, but it definitely looks like he dropped the ball uh, late in that game, uh, a game that they probably should have won. Well, you aren't a head coach. I'm not sure he's a head coach. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's cold. He, he might be a great defensive coordinator. Head coach, I don't know. Well, we've seen it before. Uh, sometimes, you know, being a really, really good coordinator doesn't translate to being a really good coach and vice versa. All right. So who do you have for worst coach of the week? Uh, for uh, worst coach of the week uh, for the AFC, I had to go with uh, Adam Gase. Um, it's just, I don't know, uh, second year in, in his system. Uh, I feel like his his players aren't really showing much improvement. Uh, again, it's just week one, so take this with a grain of salt. But um, you expect to see at least some improvement, and I haven't seen any improvement. And those eyes, I, I can't get over the eyes. Is it just me? Uh, I think it's everyone. I think it's everything with Adam Gase. Do you think he makes it through the year? Uh, if he continues to show this type of progress, no, there's no way. There is no way. I know that uh, after week one, the owner came out and said that he still has a lot of confidence in him, but these are things you're supposed to say. It's just, this is just the regular flow of an NFL season. All right. So is that all your worst coaches of the week or do you have an honorable mention uh, as well? I have one in the NFC. Um, oh, I have uh, Matt Patricia, and as much as I like him, uh, I just don't understand how you give up three touchdowns to Trubisky in the fourth quarter. Well, I watched that game, and honestly, I don't know how either. Uh, Trubisky threw, made two good throws uh, pretty much the whole game. They just happened to be those two throws. And then Stafford made a terrible pick, and their game management was bad. But, uh, yeah, uh, Matt Tr Patricia was on my list too, but – Dan Quinn seemed to anger me more. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> I, that's why I didn't even. I, I had to agree with you in some some form of fashion because you seemed really upset about it. Uh, I think I'm just tired of the Falcons. Yeah, I think we all are. But uh, 
they're such a great fantasy team. Yes, they are. I'm sure they will draft some high-end receiver from Alabama next year and be even more explosive without being able to guard anyone. Now let's go to our power rankings for the week. Power ranking time. Are you the best or the worst? We start out at number 32, the worst team in football, the New York Football Jets. Uh, They don't have very good players. They don't have very good coaching. They're just a terrible football team. Number 31, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Team looks like they're going to play hard, but they don't have a lot of talent, and that's good enough for 31 on our power rankings. Cincinnati Bengals come in at number 30, the Miami Dolphins at number 29, the New York Giants at 28, the Cleveland Browns at 27, the Detroit Lions at 26, the Los Angeles Chargers at 25, the Denver Broncos at 24, the Carolina Panthers at 23, the Las Vegas Raiders at 22, the Washington football team at 21, the Indianapolis Colts at 20, Minnesota Vikings at 19, Atlanta Falcons at 18, Chicago Bears at 17, Tampa Bay Bucks at 16, Houston Texans at 15, Arizona Cardinals at 14, Philadelphia Eagles at 13, Dallas Cowboys at 12, San Francisco 49ers at 11, Los Angeles Rams at 10, Pittsburgh Steelers at 9, New England Patriots at 8, Buffalo Bills at 7, Tennessee Titans at 6, Green Bay Packers at 5, New Orleans Saints at 4, Baltimore Ravens at 3, Seattle Seahawks at 2, Kansas City Chiefs are your number one team. Those are the power rankings. Thanks for giving the podcast a listen. Thanks, Alex, for joining us and helping us out on the recap for the week. Look for our podcast later in the week on our picks, bets, and our continued on our picks, bets, and our preview for the upcoming week two of the NFL season. We got a new False Nine podcast that just dropped. We'll have another one later in the week. And also, we're premiering our award season podcast. And the winner is where we'll pick our Emmy favorites. Be on the lookout for that. And that's the podcast for today.